Yo, what's up? My name is Clarence. And I'm DJ Nuna. And you're listening to Up in the Air. A podcast on our thoughts, moods, and experiences on the personal, political, and cultural world around us. Come float with us. For this week's episode, we have two lovely guests from our friends at Homeroom Media, Johanna and Ashley. Today, we talk about the creative process behind their second issue of their print magazine, Cut Fruit, how they navigate the intersection of creativity and social advocacy as an organization, as well as exploring the complex nature of the Asian American identity. We had such a great time chatting with our friends, and we hope you enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Woo! <laughs> I'm clapping for those who are just listening on Spotify. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, But yeah, we're so excited to have them. Um, These are our friends that we've met through Homeroom and are also known as Asian Americans in Media. It's one of Clarence's first times really talking with them. So we're excited to get to know their story, what they're up to, um, what Homeroom is all about um, with the recent drop of their second issue. Um, But yeah, maybe one of you can start introducing yourselves. Um, We can start with Johanna. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Johanna. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I'm 21 years old and I just got into my major like a month ago. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm like in the steely clutches of capitalism now. I'm a business <laughs> major. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, how have you been doing this quarantine that's lasted almost a year? <laughs> um, I feel like I don't remember anything. Like, I feel like I lost so many brain cells. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah. We're yeah. all just going to black this out from our memory. <laughs> yeah. Like. like, in 10 years, I'm going to, like, look back and I'm going to be like, I don't even know if anything happened that year. <laughs> oh, for real. <laughs> Ashley, how about you? Um, yeah, I'm Ashley. I use she, they pronouns. I'm studying visual communication design and American ethnic studies. Um, I am 20 years old. I'm a baby. (laughs) Um, And yeah, (laughs) during quarantine, I haven't been doing much, like literally same, like my head is empty. I feel like I I can't remember like the last 15 minutes. Um, But I don't know, I feel like I pick, I'm like picking up more on like different, like random projects or like at least like drawing more and like, trying to find ways to like spend time alone but yeah no that I feel that a lot I feel like it's really hard to do small tasks and even when I finish them I'm like oh I'm so amazing (laughs) like just give myself a pat on the back but that's great to hear that you're exploring some other hobbies um I feel like yeah during quarantine especially since we can't go outside as much because it's cold it's nice to find ways to fill the time um but yeah thank you so much for joining us once again we're so excited and yeah i think we'll just go ahead and start and talk a bit about homeroom um maybe one of you could for those of um the listeners that don't know what homeroom is kind of explain what it is what your mission is the story Yeah, so Homeroom was originally Asian Americans in Media, and it was a student organization that was founded by Juby and some others. Um, Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think our mission, 
like originally it was about like Asian American representation in media, um, thus AIM. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now we've like tried to sort of shift our mission more towards like we still care about like the creative, the creative part, um, but we're more towards like advocacy and education and just like more of that like critical thinking part, I guess. We're trying to transition in something like uh, more than just representation. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's more about like like building community and like um, learning together, um, like educating ourselves. Um, but yeah, and just like making a space for people. So. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. How, how did you guys, uh, sorry, Julia. No, you go ahead. I'm gonna need you to stop. I'm gonna need you to stop doing. Um, no, I was gonna ask you how did how do you two get involved with um, AIM and then what it is now as Homeroom? Well, I was kind of dragged in by my sister. <laughs> um, Jubilee Judy's been on this podcast before, but yeah, she's my sister. Um, she and Jubilee are really good friends, and she was like, "You should join this club because I did like journalism <laughs> in high school." And I was like, oh my God, I love like magazines. Like I'm a zine girl. <laughs> and, like, I was like, maybe you'd like this thing. So I joined because I heard there was also spam misubis. And I was like, okay, let me give this a shot. Didn't really know <laughs> anyone there. Um, but yeah, I felt I was just like a lost freshman trying to find like something to do, um, somewhere to belong. Um, and AIM was that space for me. So. Yay. I remember that Spamasubi meeting. We were so nervous that no one was going to come and that we would just have like 40 Masubis. <laughs> I think for me, uh, like one of my friends at the time was like thinking about doing design. He was like, someone I know is an officer for this club. And I was like, oh, we should go. Because like, obviously, I feel like when you're a freshman, like you you want to try like everything. Um and then I just like came to a meeting and I, I was also involved in journalism in high school. So I was like, maybe I can write for the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I did. And yeah. Hey, secured the bag. <laughs> no, yeah. I remember that first meeting I, or our first meeting like at the start of the, the year of, was it 2018, I yeah. believe? <laughs> Yeah, and so it's really special because we started in the spring of 2018, but it was, it had a pretty slow start, but then, so Johanna and Ashley have basically been with Homeroom basically since the beginning and have transitioned over the years. It's wild to think that it's been two years. Yeah, and so now Johanna is the president and Ashley is vice president, so it's really exciting to see their growth and also wait Johanna was a secretary last year and Ashley was design director last year so they're starting their third year and so you guys are just calling the shots now Mm -hmm. I see it how did um how do you guys come up with the name the kind of this theme that you have now um I think like over the summer um we were like we want to rebrand because it's something we've talked about since like last year um so I don't know we just like I sort of like wrote up a brief and then we like planned it out and then we had like an ideation session um with like the old officers and the new officers um and then I think like 
I think, uh, I don't know, we, we just ended up deciding on homeroom because um, I guess like when I thought of the name, I was thinking like a space where we can like learn and grow together, a place for community. And like, I don't know, just like, we wanted like a space that's like warm, but like also like oriented towards growth. I don't know. Mm, no, for real. I think uh, Johanna pitched a lot of really good name ideas during that ideation session and we had I don't know there was like a lot of things that like I think the other top tier option was monsoon so it's like way different than homeroom so yeah I feel like when I think about homeroom I mean in high school luckily I had a good homeroom (laughs) some other people like had terrible homeroom but like my teacher is super chill so whenever I saw the name I was like oh yeah like I kind of have this nice connotation with the name so well uh, well thought out <laughs> I love it I hope no one got bullied in their homeroom <laughs> see the yeah, name they're like, like ah, flashbacks that... <laughs> Wait, my homeroom teacher like bullied all of us in oh, high <laughs> she would just like yell at us every day I'm like I love this Dude, I keep seeing tweets where it's like teachers because teachers would like fight with students or like bully students and it's like what do you want from me I'm 12 I'm like (laughs) bro at my high school someone like they would like like fist fight or like wrestle with (laughs) with teachers (laughs) yeah it would be like PE at like 8 30 and then they're just like wrestling and I'm like bro like we we haven't even done stretches yet like i haven't even said my first word yet today <laughs> it's like that tiktok meme that's like i woke up and chose violence no it's for real literally no one should even talk in the mornings honestly but here I, know. We are, though. <laughs> uh, I think just the like bullying period is just a weird concept like why are you so mad i'm ugly <laughs> like but yeah, Ashley, how was the rebranding process for you since you were, Ashley was serving as design director, so um, Ashley was really involved in like shifting the visual language to match the name, but how was that for you? Um, I felt like I was a lot more hands-off with like the rebranding process just because we were like introducing, I'm so sorry about the car alarm. Oh no, <laughs> good. Love the um, aesthetic, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so vibes. Um, but yeah, so um, a lot of the rebranding, like I, I like delegated to Lavi, like she was in charge of a lot of it. And I was just kind of there to like tell her about like my experience with kind of like trying to give AIM a brand and like um, the process with like the zine and things like that. And I feel like um, we kind of work together a lot with like crit and things like that and like different like IG posts. Um, but it was really fun um, working with like, like I love working with the old offices, but like getting to like um, work with new people too. And like, um, I think while we were like ideating on Figma and like, you know, crying, <laughs> trying to do <laughs> um, it's also like a, like a good time for us to like, kind of like talk to each other more and like um, build that bond too. And so that, I feel like that was like my favorite part of rebranding was to like, um, like I've known Tina and Lavi before, but like um, working alongside both of them um, when working on our assets or working on the rebranding um, was really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's no, yeah. I think it's really nice that 
Um, Because at the second issue launch, we kind of had a section for the OG officers, but this is the first year where it's completely just a fresh fresh generation of officers. So I think that the rebranding is really fitting because it's kind of like a, a somewhat clean slate. I mean, like same community, but um, I'm glad to have all of you bond over that too, because we've, I mean, Clarence, I think maybe you've met Lavi. Lavi's super talented and is the current design director. Um, and yeah, I love Tina, so talented shout out we wanted to have like everyone on but we also thought that might be like logistical <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask too like you know you two were on the team before uh pre-covid and so having kind of been on the team now working throughout the summer and um during this quarter like how has that been online and yeah you mentioned figma ashley that's something that jubilee and i have done a lot and like also hosting online events is super tough obviously so kind of talk about that and how you guys dealt with that yeah um I think (laughs) uh I think like honestly like there's nothing I want more than to like be in person because I think it's really hard to have like meetings online um and like I think like some of the officers I realize like I haven't like met them in person yet like Tara, I haven't met in person. Lavi, I met in person like two weeks ago. Um, but I think it's just like hard to like make people feel comfortable. Like you're just putting like a bunch of random people together like in a Zoom call and you're just like trying to make them feel comfortable. And I think like that's kind of hard. Um, but like I think um I'm like really glad that like the people that I'm doing this with in the pandemic are like are is the team that I have right now because Mm -hmm. I think like they work really hard and they like try to like do their best for everything so I'm really like grateful for that yeah I feel like Johanna and I always like we (sighs) talk about our dreams for like team bonding we're like oh my god let's do this for team bonding or like oh yeah if we meet in person maybe we can do this for team bonding or things like that like I feel like um like we want so bad to like meet up with our team in person and like be able to bond with them on like like past zoom because <laughs> i feel like um it's like how many of us are there there's a lot of us too so like when we are in a zoom call like someone's like in a car or like someone's internet is coming out um so i feel like no i totally agree like i wish like we could meet in person and like um i feel like in terms of like events though like we've always kind of had our events like on a majority of our events online um we had like the shoot and like going to or the photo shoot thing at freeway park and um the museum like going to the museum all together and like um I feel like it feels like a dream like thinking about like in event or in-person events Mm -hmm. um but I don't know we're trying to make the most out of the ones online and I feel like they're fun and like a good space for people to like take a break or like take a breather mm-hmm. but, yeah 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 I, I definitely think that like it's super hard to even pull that off you know so kudos kudos to you guys for doing that and pulling yeah. your community together I think like keeping engagement too online is good lord <laughs> Bruh, I mean Clarence and I have shifted into arts and entertainment and we have volunteer meetings and sometimes there's like maybe 15 and we're like 
oh my gosh but then one time we had literally like two <laughs> two people and so it it's awkward like you know saying a question into the void and no one answers you and you're like <laughs> ah this is the worst thing ever but I've been honestly really impressed with homeroom's online engagement um and that's kind of a good segue to the launch party because I know y'all had to completely shift that to remote when we shifted our magazine timeline we really thought that we would be in person by the fall that was kind of way too optimistic but yeah how was the launch party and um maybe give an overview of the magazine too for the people that aren't aren't um familiar with it have a coffee oh my gosh me too those are my hands. Beautiful. Hand model. Great hands. It's beautiful. Um, putting this magazine together was crazy. I feel like um, so when I look at the pages, like I think about the process of like how like we got certain images or like um, like us at like actually designing the layout. Um, it was really fun because the design committee was like made up of like um five people aside from the leads and um like just seeing them all like working they're also like so talented people and then like singing all their work come together like compiled in a magazine was just like so fulfilling in the end um I don't know about y'all but putting compiling a magazine <laughs> like in InDesign that is painful work and so like um like doing page numbers and stuff I was like what is an A master <laughs> um like putting it together it was like kind of scary too because like we were approaching like we we're getting so close to our deadline and like we we're also thinking about the launch party and I feel like there was just so much like um to think about and like do um Mm -hmm. but I feel like it was all like really worth it and I feel like um there was a lot that everyone kind of learned from the process too um and like seeing people's layouts like grow at least for me (laughs) too because like when I first made a layout I'd be like oh damn (laughs) (laughs) um but then like seeing like or like getting crit from each other getting like feedback from each other it was so nice to just like see how much like our page layouts grew and how we grew um mm-hmm. but yeah I really I think like the magazine was a painful experience but like it's so worth it at the end too yeah so ditto to everything Ashley said I think there's like a really like specific type of satisfaction when you like um like you see a project through and like you know that so many people put like care and consideration into it um I think like for the launch party, we were actually surprised like so many people came out because I remember like halfway through the quarter, we were like, um, how are we going to make people come to an online party? <laughs> um, like, how do we make them not be bored during the party? Um, but I think like around like 60 people came out. Um, I think Tara and I worked on like coming up with an agenda and I emailed like a bunch of people and was like, hey, do you mind showing your work at our launch party? Um, And I was actually like really, I'm always like super surprised by like people's kindness and like their willingness to support um, because I think like a couple of filmmakers like came out or they were like willing to let us use their film. Um, And then also like Troy Osaki and then like Brenda Chi and all those people. Um, I think I was like really especially surprised for like, 
um the makers of like the short film dive bar because I didn't know them like at all like I emailed them out of like nowhere and I was like hey um do you do, do you mind letting us like show your film at our party and they were like oh yeah like and we want to come and we want to buy your magazine and I was like damn Wait, but yeah dude, I think like so nice yeah having that support is just like it, I don't know it's just so surprising and like it's so, it's so nice yeah mm-hmm. no shout out to Johanna for like orchestrating the whole like thing like for real. she was like you know in like the plays and stuff the Tech <laughs> that was Johanna. Like, <laughs> like the, the equations, just like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think like partway through the party, like um, Simon was like screen sharing, <laughs> but his computer died. Well, first of all, he was like, I think the Wi-Fi at my apartment is kind of sus, so I was like, oh, just come over and use my Wi-Fi, and then he came over, he's like, I forgot my charger, but it's probably fine, it, like, wasn't fine, like, <laughs> but, but it, it, it's, it's over, it's, like, it went okay. I'm just imagining him, like, running, like, with his laptop in hand, and then our other friend Hannah had to take over the screen sharing responsibilities, but honestly, I was so impressed because they sent um me like the the full schedule and the times were kind of they're like eight or like 747 853 or sorry not 853 but it was it, it was like to the dot honestly throughout even with the technical difficulties and stuff um so I was so amazed and for real I think I was just so impressed by the all the films that were shown I think I think the first one made me cry. <laughs> like the one with the mask. That one just really hit for some reason. And... I feel like just like back to back tears. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just cried harder. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like still recovering from the first one and the third one hit and I was like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, for real. And I was just, yeah, so happy to see that they just stuck around even after showing their film and were just here to learn the stories and hear the interviews I feel like yeah talking over zoom can be tricky and I think (laughs) the conversation with the officers I was like I can't see where everyone's at but I don't know it was it was so fun and it obviously is different than the last launch party we had but I still felt like after the call ended I was like I felt really warm inside to see all those people so y'all did a great job yeah and Ashley shout out to you for compiling like Clarence and I really got familiar with InDesign this quarter with pub design and that shit ex- exploits <laughs> that fat file dude I have like a MacBook Air too that has like not a lot of storage mm. I literally just bought a drive too after that changes your life <laughs> that was like, dude, never- that like post quarter like putting everything onto your drive that is one of the best feelings you just take everything off your laptop and put it there it's my desktop is a nightmare I have it you know that (laughs) setting where it categorizes by like the type of file but I accidentally undid that and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) dude yeah and Johanna and I were in charge of like ordering the magazine man (laughs) I mean shout out to printing company USA but they it was kind of difficult at first, but magazines came out beautifully. They came on time. We were hella stressed. 
this happens like okay there's only been one other year but it happened last year where we were like is it gonna come in on time so shout out to y'all but I think in terms of the future and um you know your goals and your dreams for the future um how do you want to see homeroom um like are there any tangible goals that y'all want to meet are there any events that you like to host in the future I think this past year my favorite event that Ashley was part of hosting was the women made by women event where we were all like doing our own craft or our makeup or nails on a zoom call and it still felt really comforting as if you were like physically with people so yeah just want to hear about your goals for the future mm, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> we're like no we don't have any goals <laughs> okay, yeah we, we peaked right now this is a peak this is all we're gonna do <laughs> um I think for me like um like when Johanna and I first became like president and vice president we both really were like let's do this event planning like let's do programming like for sure like mm-hmm. like that's something we want to continue from summer and um like my hope is that like you know, once we're able to, like, see people in person, I feel like a lot of my, that's where my dreams are at right now, like, meeting people in person, seeing people Mm -hmm. in person, like, I want to do something big, like, I don't know, like, I feel like I love the vibes of, like, the launch party, especially from, like, the first year, too, like, when it was in person, and, like, um, like, a lot of people who, like, support all of us, like, came through, and it it just felt like a party, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I, I want something similar to that, like, um, but instead of like the launch party it could be something casual too like or just like something that happens more often mm-hmm. um honestly I just like think so much about like having events in person and like being able to meet new people um ha- like having space for people to like showcase their work and um that isn't virtual just because I feel like I'm just so sick of it like mm-hmm. um it's hard to like have like crazy dreams when like all you really want is like to hug your friend or like awesome. um meet a people in person you know um but yeah I just I also kind of hope like homeroom like expands more too like um I feel like we always get like such a great like group of people too like who like truly care about their craft truly care about like mm-hmm. um the goal like the shared goal that we all have mm-hmm. um and yeah I just want to see like homeroom grow like past like you know me and Johanna's time <laughs> um we always talk about like who is the next generation like who are we gonna pass this child like baby on to um and so yeah just like being able to see homeroom grow in that way um mm-hmm. yeah that's wild to think that whoever the next like next set of officers will be maybe you will never meet them in person like during that decision process but no Ashley that's that's for real I think when I watch movies now I'm it's just bizarre to me that we were ever just hugging stranger not strangers but like breathing the same air (laughs) as strangers and um hopefully we're making it there like surely but slowly um the vaccine is finally in the U.S. so but yeah I'm excited for because I mean honestly I feel like your virtual programming has been really great and um 
So I'm excited to see where in-person programming goes for y'all when the time comes. But yeah, how about you, Johanna? Yeah, I think like, I don't know if I have like very specific tangible like events or projects that I want Homeroom to pursue. But I think like I always want like the people to come after to like try different things. Um, Because I think like, honestly, I think that's like the best way to learn and grow. I think like, um, I think this past year, like summer programming was new, right? Um, But yeah, I think like, I really enjoyed it. And I think it was like a really good learning experience, especially with the book club. Um, And I think I like, I probably want to do another book club again this summer, Um, something I should talk about with the officers. But um, I think, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I think like, Overall, like same as Ashley, like I want to do for me personally, like I want to do more of like the events and the programming and more of like people being together and having a good time. Um, But I think like, like, I guess values wise, I want like homeroom to be somewhere where like it can sort of like burst that like comfortable Asian American bubble, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, because I think it's like really easy to sort of like be comfortable um but I want it to be a space where we can like critically think and like hold each other accountable Mm -hmm. and like I feel like this is like my nice way of saying like I want them to be radicalized a little bit but yeah (laughs) no for real I think that was another question that I had for y'all on what what you think Asian Americana is and that's something that I was asked recently and I was like oh I didn't know I was gonna be asked that because I think especially after this summer um, with the new programming with the book club, there were lots of um, really fruitful conversations on identity and the world around us. But I think in terms of Asian American identity, it's something that's with, with everyone else, but it's constantly changing, evolving. It's not just boba and raves and shit like that. But I was wondering like what, at this point in your lives, like what you, what you perceive your Asian Asian American identity to be yeah it's kind of a loaded question huh (laughs) tricky though I was like uh maybe maybe to preface it too like I feel like for me in high school I didn't learn a lot about or I guess like throughout my schooling I didn't learn a lot about like Asian American history um and you know I went to a predominantly white high school and so that was kind of tough to like find that sort of connection to my identity and even just accepting who I am and like being prideful of that um but coming to UW like it was really eye-opening to be able to go to these classes like AES classes AAS classes to study about like my people's culture and like other you know Asian American identities and um Ashley I know you mentioned that you are double majoring or minoring in AES um trying to you know that's a grind that's a grind I mean I'm a I'm a diversity minor um and I just finished so that was terrific but yeah it's like it's such an honor and like really just a privilege to be able to study that type of thing you know so I guess like what how did you guys get introduced to sort of this this whole like world of you know conversation about identity I feel like I like bring this up like every two seconds, but like I'm from Eastern Washington. So um, I grew up around white people and like conservatives. Um, and I think like, like I've heard every like racist joke. I've been like accosted in public. Like I, like I've, 
like that shit doesn't phase me anymore like um but I was like never allowed to like forget that I was Asian I guess um because of the environment that I grew up in um but yeah I think like when I came to UW it was really crazy because I was like I'm in a room full of Asian people this is crazy (laughs) um but I think like something I yearn for just because I never had it was to have like an Asian community to be with um and I think like I think like my freshman year, like I almost joined like the Taiwanese Student Association. Um, But I think like a lot of, I think a lot of Asian community, like there, I don't know if there's like one, there isn't one definition for like an Asian community. And I think like, I really idealized um, like that idea of only having like a unified Asian community, which like now I don't think can like probably ever exist. I think like even in like progressive Asian circles, I think a lot of it is like what Juby said, like boba liberalism. Um, like they take like white liberal politics and sort of like try to make it their own, mm-hmm. um, which like doesn't work. Like it's not the truth for like our identity at least. Um, I think like I think like my view of like Asian Americana or like the Asian American identity that like I want or I think like all Asian Americans should be striving for is like anti-imperialist, anti-colonialist, mm-hmm. um, just like one where we don't have to like lean into our Americanness or like mm-hmm. like our proximity to whiteness to like, I don't know, like to feel like a sense of belonging I don't know. I think like we need to be like super critical of that because I think like in a lot of like Asian American circles, it is still like, I mean, it's super divided. There's like a lot of Asian conservatives, and but I just think like we need to like separate from whiteness, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I feel like you put that so beautifully. I'm like, uh, how do I talk? Uh, <laughs> I, I agree. We're like, like I'm still grappling with like what Asian American identity is or means, um, especially to me. Um, Cause I feel like I don't want us to like be represented like as a monolith either. And I feel like there's so much like that I don't want to like identify with that a lot of the Asian community does like what you're mentioning, like um, proximity to whiteness, um, like just like boba liberalism in general. Um, And so I feel like it's an ongoing question. Like this is like a lot of what we talked about in book club, just in case we have one like tune in, but um, we had a lot of like good conversation about that. Like what does being Asian American even mean? And like, um, how can you like, I don't don't know how to word this, but like how can you like um, kind of separate yourself from like trying to be white or like wanting to be white and thinking Um, just to like get that sense of like approval or like that you fit in kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I feel like it's still something that I like can't fully understand and I feel like being a part of homeroom has helped like shaped kind of like my thoughts around it I'm like grappling with still something I'm like trying to like understand Um, Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of people are too but yeah I feel like homeroom is a great space to like sorry to like um critically think more about this topic and like um have people to like talk to about it with if that makes sense or like have a community to kind of share that with Mm -hmm. no yeah I think that's a really both of y'all had really great answers because yeah definitely in that book club we were like 
who are we like <laughs> are we just like trying to seek white validation constantly mm-hmm. without like without knowing and um because Clarence and I grew up in similar well not similar environments but he grew up in a all guys predominantly white school that is like even more toxic <laughs> so <laughs> like <laughs> private school and I grew up some like maybe well not similar to Johanna but in a white school um and that really stunted my well I wouldn't say it stunted my growth but it ha- it gave me um like miss conceptions about my identity because I was yeah constantly being fed on like what it means to be Asian or um, it was interesting because a lot of my close friends growing up were actually a lot of um, adopted Asian girls which is kind of like weird to think about because all these white families are like adopting um, from China but I think that was like an interesting experience as well because we were all just navigating like these huge predominantly white friend groups and having being taught by white teachers. We talked a lot about how fucked up our education and our curriculum is and how even standards of like authority or respect are very rooted in white supremacy. So honestly, that's all facts. And I think if you guys host another book club, everyone, <clears throat> everyone should go. I learned so much from that. And Johanna and I were both like, well this is our first book club but I guess we have to host it (laughs) so yeah Juvie I remember we were trying to come up with those Instagram assets I forgot what topic it was on but like I remember the design leads were trying to like make it um together and like we were just like what does Asian American even mean and like we were having like an existential crisis that night I don't know if you remember but like I just started thinking about it when you're talking was it with Brian and Kyle yeah and like yeah. they were confusing us more we're like who are Dude. we okay because that that is another thing I really enjoyed about the space is because I guess like the bottom line of everyone that's present is that they want they're eager to participate and eager to learn but I think it's also good that it's not fully like an echo chamber because I think there were like people not like debating but like just challenging ideas and but humbly like learning and being like oh actually I was wrong or something so I think that was that was honestly the most ideal space to be talking like to feel safe but also to share your ideas and to be taught and to unlearn and stuff like that so I remember that night ah shout out to Figma nothing would have nothing would get done ever if there wasn't Figma for designers at least so dang yeah I mean Clarence what does it mean to you <laughs> that's a good question I was like please don't ask me <laughs> no I, I I think um something that I've been sort of like pondering a lot is how you know when I my family is originally from Hong Kong and so like when I would go to Hong Kong with my family to visit our other relatives and like we used to live there like I was born here and I lived there for you know like four or five years um as a kid and going back they're like oh like you know you're so American you know and like it's just the idea of being Asian American is such a difficult thing to deal with because here in America they're like oh you're Asian you know and not necessarily American so in both like sort of countries and both environments culturally I don't really feel like I'm a part of it and so I think being Asian American is almost like being in limbo you're kind of between the two words and between the two identities so 
I mean, for me, I, I, I don't think I'll ever really figure it out. Like, it's always just like, I'm constantly learning to do that. And like, you're just floating filling the shoes. I'm just floating around air. like, up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Asian Americans, I feel like, yeah, it's just, it's just the definition shifts every so often, you know? Mm-hmm. Like now I'm like, oh, it seems like it's a clear picture, but I don't know, who knows? Later down the road, I'll be like, I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> For real. Because even if we think about when Indrielina, Matt, Kyle, and I, when we started Homeroom, our our perception of Asian American ident- identity and representation was so two-dimensional. And I think that was kind of the start of seeing more Asian faces in popular media and entertainment. But looking back at like two years from now, it's really great to see how much growth there's been, but also kind of disappointing that like that was, you know, the bar of that was an acceptable, you know, standard because it was so unrepresentative like literally crazy rich asians that was kind of whack honestly no it's kidding <laughs> it was it was like still you know a shift but Bro, I, I, I literally feel like watching that i'm like it's me on screen and i go home and i'm like wait that's not, not me on screen i'm like i'm nowhere near as rich as they are like that's impossible <laughs> this is so funny but we had a article written about aim that was called that was titled crazy or rich or sane or poor or something like that and we were like damn this is (laughs) nice (laughs) no yeah but I think it's really great to see we keep saying growth but for real I think from two years ago like during the launch party we were asked like was homeroom or AIM what you expected it to turn out to be And I really did answer, like, it turned out even better than I ever thought it could be. You know, we really thought it was just going to be kind of more of a friend group thing. And it still is in some kind of ways, but um, it's just been really great to see new faces and see them stick around. Like, I'm really encouraged for you all because you guys were like the new faces and now you're the faces. (laughs) No, but like now y'all have stuck around. So I'm just excited for y'all and. I hope you have another book club in the future too. (laughs) Wait, I think there was like, at some point during the launch party, I was getting like hella emo because I was like, the the founders are here. Like the old members are here. People from book club. There's like the new officer team. There's like our future members. I'm like, everyone's here. Dude, I think- Family reunion. No, it was. I was just going to say that too, but- for real bonding has been really limited for our team like I think we played among us once (laughs) and Ashley Brian and Kyle and I went to Vancouver (laughs) and that was that was fun bonding Ashley is such a little baby I think you were just 19 right I like just turned 19 I was just the legal age (laughs) turn up (laughs) no for real I think I was 20 at the time and then brian and kyle were both legal i don't know brian's old too i think but i look just age just age shaming us 
Come on. <laughs> Clarence is an old man, but no, yeah, I think we are heading in towards our time. But we really love to end every episode with a song of the week. And this is just a song that has carried you through the week and has been there for you during tough times. Um, but maybe, Clarence, would you like to start? And then we can- No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like- you to start? Yes, please. Uh, well, I mentioned this in this other episode that we recorded that hasn't been released yet, but I brought up the playlist that we have um, that jo- Johanna and Ashley Clarence are the ones that have the collaborative playlist with, and it's called Just Yearning, and it's such, it's actually such a good playlist. <laughs> like, I really do listen to it when I'm working or when I'm just walking and reflecting on life. So I want to share my my favorite song from that playlist is um oh my goodness why is the name slipping from my brain um but it's by the bahamas have y'all heard that song all i've ever known it's like i was gonna say that's also my favorite song from that playlist dude it's so sad it just hits it's just like Jubilee every night, just like going to bed. She's like, I'm gonna listen to something sad. (laughs) It just like hits you with a wave. It's like a, it is sad, but I think when we made the playlist, we we described it as like thankful but sad type of feeling, basically Mm -hmm. bittersweet. So everyone check it out. It's called Just Yearning. The little raccoon is the picture <laughs> oh my god it's so cute. i will i will definitely listen to that after this <laughs> right, gotta, um, okay i'm ready now i'm ready now go for it um i have two i'm gonna cheat a little bit i i've been listening to this new podcast with uh pharrell called other town mm-hmm. um it's him it's this guy named oh god, I, I can't even say the other two guys name i don't remember but anyways they had uh anya taylor joy recently for an episode from Queen's Gambit, and it was just so interesting. Like, they talked about a lot of things that weren't about the show, you know, like about spirituality and like their relationship with sleep. It's it's very interesting. So, and I think like you know Pharrell, like it's one of my you know idols, I I guess. So it was really cool to listen to that. But um, for a song, this is gonna seem like random, but I've been listening to um my country (laughs) i i fuck with chris stapleton bro like he's the country artist that i don't remember where he's from but like he's done a lot of collaborations with you know justin timberlake so if you guys are you know have heard like say something by justin um that's like one of the big songs that kind of broke him into the more like pop country um genre but a song called what are you listening to by him it's really good it's just I don't know. It's it gets you in a different type of mood, you know. Definitely. Like I, I sometimes I'm just kind of tired of like the boom bap, like the boom uh, bap, the like the rapping and just you know like the vibes are too too tough. So <laughs> just to switch up the swag, you know, like you gotta I'm, listen to some country. I'm always just so Clarence always surprises me with his music taste. Like <laughs> I bring this up 
a lot, but sometimes he's like listening to Sean Mendes or like for like four hours or okay. I- wait, what's with this Sean Mendes slander, bro? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one time I was in the car with Clarence and his homie Jordan, and they they're like, Oh, you gotta listen to this new or this Justin Timberlake song. And I was I was just in the back, like, the fuck is this? Yo, I remember it so clearly, like us turning it like- on and we're like. And then Jubilee is just like in the back, like, huh? I didn't <laughs> know like so that well. uncomfortable. <laughs> I didn't know that well. But that was like a good example of country pop, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say Justin is kind of like a, he's like an oddball. He kind of just, whatever genre. But bro. yeah, I don't know. Pop country is kind of slapping, bro. Like, Wait, do you know. remember the name of that one song I was referring to? The one that you- Waves waves by justin Timberlake. y'all should listen and let us know what you think because i it was definitely fun but i was surprised that they were like yeah bro i i think like i i really appreciate music that's kind of just like genre bending in a way you know because there's just so it's hard to create original music i think nowadays you know like when you when you listen to something that really just takes you to a different place like when i listen to Alaska by Maggie Rogers I was like whoa that's crazy you know so it's very rare that that type of shit happens and when it does I'm like that's that's crazy that's, that's fire. <laughs> but anyways anyways enough for me um Johanna wait, do you want to go yeah yeah wait so since you guys were like originally sort of like a music like radio show right so mm-hmm. like what what how do you define like good music taste oh man Grants, you go first. I have strong opinions about this. <laughs> okay, well, I I try my best not to judge people's, like, music taste, you know? Because I think there's a lot of, like, there's definitely a reason why they like the music they listen to. You know, like, either something that they grew up with, so they kind of have that connotation with, like, their childhood, their upbringing. Um, but I think when people are, like, reluctant to listen to other music or, like, they just hate on it just to hate on it um I don't like that like I think it's not necessarily like what is good music taste but just like having like a palette and like being able to say like oh I don't like this song because you know like thematically it's weird or it's just like sonically it's not something I vibe with like I get that but sometimes people are like I don't like it just because like oh it's it's too loud like I don't know it's weird <laughs> um yeah yeah I don't like haters just because they want to be haters. Mm-hmm. And we all we know where the biggest haters are. Just kidding. I was referring to the indie scene, but I feel like indie people <laughs> are always hating on like my music taste because we talked about it with Ashley and Johanna, but it's like, oh, you listen to Meg Thee Stallion, the fuck? Like, I don't get why there's such a I don't know. I feel like they just deem it as like rap pop and they're like oh not basic they say not, basic yeah a yeah music like uh-huh. yeah it's like, good i i genuinely i i saw a tiktok on this it's like because there, oh, there's a lot of men that like to hate on women for being basic but it's like who even defines what basic is men and it's like it's not up to their standards of taste, their immaculate taste, which is kind of dumb. I would say, okay, this I'm just messing around, but I will judge you if you like 
actually listen to Taylor Swift like seriously. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was... You're, like, you're like, I'm joking, but not really. <laughs> but I think I genuinely don't think there's such thing as good music taste. And I don't think anyone should be treated differently for their music taste or have be feel shame because music is something yeah what Clarence said it's expressive it is a result of your upbringing like you sometimes you listen to what the people around you listen to but sometimes you don't listen to the things that people around you listen to and you find your own taste so I think it's really special like even seeing everyone Spotify wrapped I really liked to see how it ranged a lot I think yeah there is some I saw this one guy that I would not expect him to listen to like Fifth Harmony, but that was their top artist. Wow. <laughs> That's fire. I, I didn't even know they were still making music. But I think yeah, like everything in the world, music taste is very subjective. And I think Clarence and I are really mood-based listeners. So when we were creating playlists for the show, it would be honestly quite cohesive, thankfully. Like sometimes we listen back to old playlists and we're like, actually it was a pretty pretty nice yeah there, there will be someone's some playlists that were like eh, it's kind of all like, over the place yeah. yeah but then like some of them were like whoa that was crazy mm-hmm. like it, it, it really does kind of show that especially that week we were like mentally <laughs> aligned you know like maybe we're both like struggling in class we're like okay like this is how we're feeling the so final stretch yeah. yeah but yeah I think for the most part I yeah I just don't think the Taylor Swift thing was a joke. I, I'm not going to be like, you have horrible music taste. But it's more so like, as long as you own it and you're not just like trying to bandwag. Okay, even bandwagging, that's whatever. I don't have much opinions about it. But just like own your music taste. And I think it, that's a good music taste. As long as you feel like it expresses who you are. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I will also add like, sometimes it's not like whether or not someone has bad music taste, but it's just like, you don't like the song, you know, or like, like the music that they've made. Like, I think Taylor Swift has definitely made some bangers. Like that's no, like no joke. And um, (laughs) I mean, and also like, I can totally like, it's crazy, but like, I appreciate how she's like almost perfected the pop country Mm -hmm. pop music, like formula. Like she can just, she kind of defines it. Yeah, it's like Drake putting out music. She's like the Taylor Swift or the the Drake of of country. <laughs> <or Taylor Swift. laughs> oh yeah, you know. So it's like I can appreciate that, like mm-hmm. them kind of figuring out their style and like pumping out fucking hella songs. The surprise album, like mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> Wait, I'm so dead. I'm thinking about Camp Flogna when Drake came out and all of Tyler the Creator's fans were like booing him. And it's like, yeah, Tyler the Creator fans definitely think they have the best taste and, and judge people. So that's that's what I okay. I I hate that. I hate the fact that like <laughs> I hate the fact that like like that. I know. I was just like, you can't even like Drake is definitely one of the biggest artists of the generation and like mm-hmm. you can't deny that and to hate on him that's that's fucked up i think it's like it's okay to feel like kind of sad that it wasn't frank but then it just kept like like just kept going so when he, when he was like if you guys want me to continue like i will and they're like no <laughs> <laughs> oh man damn okay this this is this has derailed <laughs> um johanna would you like to share your song of the week um yeah so 
I've been listening to this new album by Sunset Roller Coaster called Soft Storm, and I think the song that I like from that album is called Candlelight. Ah, oh, beautiful. I'll have to. What what uh, genre is that? It's like, it's like, it's like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know music genres well, but like I think it's more. It leans sort of indie. It's like a Taiwanese band, a, like a Taiwanese American oh, no. band. I don't know. Um, but they have like guitar music and it's like a band. I don't know. That's dope. Yeah, I, I want to try to listen to music from other like countries more because I've like I uh, like a guilty pleasure. And I'm not really guilty, but I like to listen to like canto pop because I think, think like yeah. it's, so, it's like so like triumphant, you know, like it's crazy yeah. how like the bri- when the bridge hits, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I feel like every like chinese pop song sounds the same but like i just keep going back yeah but it just like hits every time you're like oh my god it's so great <laughs> but perfect ashley do you want to do you want to finish it off yeah i don't know if y'all have been seeing me like scrambling trying to be like what have i been listening to just going through your spotify like. i know I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um but i feel like lately i've been trying to just because like finals week i was like goodbye world uh, I'm trying to like come back into the world and so I'm list- finally listening to um Kid Cudi's album like all the way through and I feel like I still just really like the song Tequila Shots like you know bro that song is such a banger oh my god I feel like I'm ascending from earth and I'm like okay bye <laughs> dude literally it's funny how like the first like the first song is kind of the intro and um it's like you're taking off in a way mm-hmm. and then it goes Tequila shots. Oh my god, crazy. You're like, bye, world. <laughs> yeah, so good. <laughs> no, I, I was telling Jubilee, uh, I guess like when the album came out, because you know, like it's a big deal that his album came out. It's been 10 years since the the second one. And and then Taylor Swift goes ahead and like drops her surprise album. And I was like, Don't you dare steal the spotlight away from me. No, when y'all brought up Taylor Swift, I was like Hmm. <laughs> you know so was, yeah so I was just like fuck like I wish he didn't do that because I, I know that people like were you know crazy over her album but you know, Kid yeah. honestly Taylor Swift just gives me some not good flashbacks to my youth because all my friends were like you don't listen to Taylor I listen to Taylor Swift but more because of peer pressure I feel <laughs> <laughs> you were bullied into it (laughs) but I think she's I think she's grown as a as a person because she used to have some kind of problematic views on feminism so (laughs) anyways but everyone thank you so much for sharing your songs of the week and just for sharing your honest experiences with homeroom and the growth that you want to see as you continue as well as just the amazing projects that you've worked on. We're so excited to continue to support you all. Um, I'm not sure, are magazine orders still going on? Like, can people still get an issue? Um, We closed the orders, but if you're from South Seattle, we're going to have an event in January to sell our last 20 magazines. Oh, shit. It's hella limited edition. Yay. Can you you sign it? (laughs) That'd be fire if you guys just all signed it. Have a, have a signing desk. Like, all 10 officers, they just go down the line. They're like, who the fuck are you? 
No, you do like a treat it like a yearbook or something. And then just, oh, that's cute. Like, Homeroom. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was looking at my copy of um, "This Is Not a Teacher" by Bobby Hundreds, and all he wrote was "Thanks." I was like, "Thank." <laughs> but and now anyway. you're like, "Oh my god, he said thanks." <laughs> um but yeah thank you again everyone check out their socials as well as the homeroom social media platforms um thank you for tuning in and we will talk to you all next week peace peace Peace.